Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. My message, New International Version, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest in man's wisdom, but on God's power. Turn to chapter 4 of the same book in 1 Corinthians And if you would go down to verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Lord, come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm so sorry you don't have uh, paper notes, but maybe that you could use that as an opportunity to find your way into the electronic realm uh, through our app. Is that correct? And uh, you can download the app by uh, going to the App Store or, to, or go to kcalaska.com. And uh, I'm so glad to see Noel DeVries here tonight, healed and whole in Jesus' name. And we've prayed prayed much for you. and. It's so glad to see uh, Andre, Pastor Vince's son, uh, recovering, healed and whole. Praise God. Praise God for his protection over your hand. And praise the Lord for you, Pastor Kirsten, and God's continued healing. Great job Sunday night. If you were here Sunday night, I know you got touched by the Lord. And if not, you can avail yourself of that uh, on YouTube and uh, our stream, podcast, etc. The kingdom of God is expressed in power. You say, isn't it expressed in word? Yes, it's ex expressed in word also, but it's expressed in power with the word. It's not something that's separate. Now, I'm going to get myself in trouble, no doubt, no doubt, going to get myself in trouble tonight, and I mean to. I hope to flip over some apple carts and, and to destroy some of your thinking that might be erroneous, that might be in error. Because many times we think differently that we just need a good message or some good teaching. I'm going to just tell you, it is a completely unbiblical thing to have just teaching. You will not find, getting ahead of myself a little bit, but you will not find, turn to Acts chapter uh, 10. You will not find a place, Pastor Gill, where they just teach in the New Testament, it does not happen. You said, no, I can find a place where they teach. No, you can't. Not just teach, just only. Because every time they taught, they then did it. Jesus would teach, Jesus would do. Acts chapter one says that, oh, dear Theophilus, you don't want to name your child that in this day and age. <laughs> Told you about all the things that Jesus began to both do and teach. Proper Christianity, biblical Christianity, 
is coupled with not just learning, not head knowledge, not just theology, not just teaching. It's teaching and doing. It's demonstrating. And you will not find anywhere in the New Testament where they just taught and didn't demonstrate. And the crazy thing about that is, that's not how many people think. Amen. I don't know if that was a cry of woe or, or an amen. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed, what did God do? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. With what? The Holy Spirit and power. And how he went along or went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Everywhere Jesus went, there was a display of his power. Let me just tell you, in the life of the New Testament believer, there ought to be displays of power. You say, well, I'm not Jesus. Well, he lives in you, doesn't he? Doesn't he? And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, we can remedy that by the end of the service tonight. Do you look at the, the Bible from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, you'll see that this theme of the kingdom of God, God's looking for a family, so he makes Adam, and, and then he makes Eve. And he's looking for a family, constantly looking for a family to represent, represent him in the earth. Adam and Eve failed. They blew it. And, and so God makes a sacrificial system really starting from there, and I don't want to take a whole bunch of time, but the types and shadows throughout the Old Testament, God constantly looking for a family, constantly looking for someone to move through, and constantly, and he, and he chose Israel, and he, and he calls them to be his precious people, his chosen possession, and yet king after king after king, he wanted to be their king. He wanted to have a theocracy, but they didn't want to have that. They wanted a king. Every other nation's got a king. We want a king too. And Samuel's like, oh, the prophet, fine. And the Lord's like, all right, he's going to give you taxes. He's going to take your stuff. And he's going to, yeah, he's, okay, you can have him. And they, they yeah, they, who's, who's the first king? Saul. He did some great things. He had the first standing army. He did some amazing things. But Saul, you know, Saul was jacked up. Saul had issues. And he caused pain. And then you see that. And then God finds David, a man after his own heart. And there were good kings and there were bad kings throughout the Old Testament. All of them as types and shadows to point to the one, the one amazing, greatest miracle of all that God finally says, I'm sending my own son now. The seed of the woman would crush the head of Satan. And God says, okay, man can't do it. Noah failed. Abraham failed. Everybody failed. God's looking for a family. So he sends his only son. Why? To wash you, to cleanse you, and all who believe on him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. He sends his son, Jesus, to be the king, to be your king, to be my king, that we would fully submit to him. And in doing that, the kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is at hand, language that Jesus uses in the New Testament. At hand means the proximity of right there. Come on, somebody say the kingdom of God's right here. George Ladd wrote an wrote a incredible book. I've encouraged you to read it at other times. You, you need to just go and get it and read it. And it, it might take a few reads through. How many of you know you're reading something weighty when you read through the first chapter and you're like, what? Yeah, just read it again. Don't read chapter two. Get the first one under your belt. C.S. Lewis has stuff like that. I'm like, 
Okay, okay, CS. I'm going back. Let me read that again. Let me read it again. Let me read, let me read somebody that actually understands what he's saying. And then I'm like, oh, and then I get it. Then go to chapter two. Some of you just read there and like, I read it. <laughs> I, 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 was, uh, I was ministering in a mental hospital many years ago, and uh, I had a Bible. <laughs> I was undercover. And I had a Bible, and this guy, this guy says to me, what's that? I'm like, it's a Bible. He's like, yeah, I read that. Okay, Einstein, you read it, huh? The book is called, uh, by George Ladd, The Kingdom of God. And he says this, this, this phrase that we've used, that has been passed on to me by our global senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco. Where the king is, so is the kingdom. I want you to say that. Where the king is, so is the kingdom. So let me ask you by a show of hands, some of you won't raise your hand because you're not going to do that no matter what happens. But how many of you got the king inside your heart? Jesus lives on the inside of you. Then very simply, every hand raised, very simply, the kingdom of God is within you. And he's longing to get out. Come on, say, look at your, look at your neighbor, really creepy, make big eyes. He's longing to get out. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's okay. The kingdom of God is continues to be expressed through the early church. And the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can look in and, and walk with me, won't you, for a moment. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. And everyone was filled with awe. They're filled with what? What's that mean? Like awesome is to be filled like woo. Awe. Whoa. What was that? You know what a sign and a wonder is? Oh, you know what a wonder is? It's a sign that makes you go, hmm, makes you wonder. Acts 2, 43, everyone was filled with awe. And at the many, at the what? The many, not, not one from 1969. The many, not from 1973. Not the, not the many, not the one wonder you saw. One day, I was, I think it was 84. And then, oh, you know, praise God for 84. But it's 2022. And God wants to put his power on display. Can you say amen? Acts 5, 12, the apostles performed. That's right, because it was just the apostleship appointed, working to regular lay ministry. Uh-huh. Acts 5, 12, the apostles performed many signs. How many? Many, lots. And wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Acts chapter 6, this destroys the apostles are the only ones. This destroys that along with Countless other scriptures, Acts 6, verse 8. Now, Stephen, a man, it doesn't say an apostle. It says a man, man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders. What did he perform? Great. Listen, underline this in your Bible, Acts 6, 8. Stephen, Jimbo, Bubba, Bubba, Bubba performed great signs and wonders. It's not apostle Bubba. It's just Bubba. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to break it down to say, well, that's for all the people that have gone through cemetery. I mean, seminary. <laughs> Many people that go through seminary becomes a cemetery. You need to let the power of God release through you. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not qualified. Jesus in you qualifies you. I said, Jesus. They were simple, ignorant. Is there anybody ignorant here? Raise your hand. You know you are. Okay, hey. 
According to the knowledge of God, we're all ignorant. Simple, ignorant fishermen. No offense to the Navy, no offense to the fishermen. They're just ignorant sailor. It breaks it down to say it wasn't Apostle Ginormous that did the signs and wonders. It was Jesus. It's not just Jesus. He said, you will do greater works. I heard some well-meaning Baptist, not to preach on the Baptist, but some well-meaning cessationist. You know what a cessationist is? To cease. Someone that believes, a cessationist believes the gifts are done. It's too late to tell me that. And the theology is so twisted. And if it was, to, if the gifts of the Spirit or the power of the Spirit was to cease, don't you think they would have told us that? And the Apostle Paul says, when all the apostles are done and we're gone, then you're left with lint in your pocket, and I hope you can make it. <laughs> Signs and wonders. I'm trying to break it down to you very simply because there is a partition in the mind of most people that go to church that signed in wonders happened by apostle, you know, ginormous, by, by <laughs> the evangelist that comes. You know, we're going to have evangelists. We're going to have pastors. We're going we're gonna to have great guests. And we've got a tremendous power conference. They're all going to prophesy and flow. But here's the thing. You ought to be flowing. Some of you got your some of you got your well all stopped up. You know, my pipes froze during the, I don't know what we're gonna call it, the Arctic hurricane that we had. My pipes froze so quickly from 11. I lost power at 11 right after an angel came and clubbed me. I passed out. I woke up at 3:15 or something in the morning. And my house was 40 degrees. Of course, Pastor Karen keeps the upstairs at 50 anyway, but <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> Why don't you raise your hands and pray in tongues so I don't get in trouble? Hallelujah. Hey, thank you, Jesus. I like it cold when I'm sleeping. Really? <laughs> so, in, in, you know, in the few... <laughs> A few hours. I think I just spit all over Pastor Kirsten. So sorry. <laughs> In a few hours that I passed out, my house went to the deep freeze, went into the 40s, and on the wall it was, you know, well below zero. And all my pipes froze so quickly that it didn't even have time to, like, spray. You know what I mean? Like, burst. They did burst, but it was already frozen. And so it didn't spray water, and I didn't have a leak, and I thank God for that. God wants to flow through you, but some of your pipes are frozen. Come on, God wants to flow through you, but some of your theology's jacked up. You say, well, I haven't learned enough. I haven't graduated from KSM yet. You can graduate from KSM and still have frozen pipes. <laughs> Missed a great place to say amen. <laughs> oh, no, KSM will thaw your pipes. No, you're the one that th you can go to KSM and come out as dead and unanointed as a rock. And shoot, even rocks will cry out. Or you can flow with power. God's intention is for the church. I said God's intention is for the church. In Kenya, Arizona, wherever you are, under the sound of my voice, God's intention is that you, you're the church, you're the called out ones, that you would thaw your pipes and the power of God would flow through you. Vessels. 
Hallelujah. Lift your hands, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Lift your voice and sing. Hallelujah. Ooh, you're beautiful, Jesus. In Acts chapter 8, as we continue, when the crowds heard Philip, verse 6, Acts 8, come on, looking at some scripture, get your Bible out, get your phone working, take some notes tonight. Acts 8, 6, when the crowds heard Philip and saw, and saw, uh, let me say, they beheld, they saw, they beheld the signs he performed. Well, here's another non-apostle. The signs he performed. They all paid close attention to what he said. Well, I'm going to just tell you something. If there's no signs and wonders that are following your teaching, pastor, don't blame the text. Don't blame God and don't make a theology to back up your powerlessness. Take a look and see. <laughs> it's a fighting words right there. Told you I was going to get in trouble. You all right over there? It's okay to have fun in church. Mortuaries down the street. Don't make a theology to um, give reason for the fact that you don't have any power. Okay, I'm talking to pastors, but I'm talking to you because you're you're the you're the you're the you're the prophet over your own house. If I could say that, you know, oh, pastor just called me a prophet. I'm just going to have my own conference. Yeah, I would suggest you don't do that. It certainly isn't going to be here. Amen. Do so you get trained and get released like that? You're the priest over your own household. So, as the priest of your house. Miracles should flow. Every single person in this house, every single person a part of this place under the sound of my preaching and the sound of my voice, you ought to have some oil in your house and you ought to have some water flowing instead of frozen pipes to lay hands on your beautiful babies when they get sick, perhaps. And may they never get sick. May you walk in divine health and divine blessing. May you learn the scriptures of healing and may God use you to release his power. You don't have to, listen, call us. We'll come, we'll pray, we'll, we'll pray over your house. We want to do that. We want to help you. We want to serve you. That's why we're here. That's why we're here to equip you. But you have to, you have to submit to all that God has for you and rise up in your God-given blood-bought right and quit making excuses that you haven't learned enough. I've taught you enough in the 10 minutes that I've been preaching that you can then be used by God. Jesus lives in you. Be healed. That's enough in Jesus' name. Come on, someone say in Jesus' name. So many people wait to be like, well, I just have to read, I haven't read through the Bible enough. I, 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 haven't, I, haven't, I haven't fasted enough. I'm just gonna go do a water fast. No, really, you just need to get the lead out. Somebody said, I don't feel lead. Get the lead out. Lazy and so concerned about our own ego. Oh, did I just step in something? Let me step a little harder. So concerned that when I pray, nothing's going to happen. It ain't about you. I love what Pastor Timothy said years ago. You might remember this. He, he said, the Lord spoke to him that praying for the sick is just allowing 
for an opportunity for God to step in and do something. It really wasn't about him. And it built his faith to say, I can, I can, I can provide opportunities. And he began to do that, and God has begun to heal people and has ever since then. Acts 14, verse 3. Acts 14, 3. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time speaking boldly for the Lord. Who confirmed? Who what? Confirmed. Acts 14, verse 3. What are you doing? I'm trying to break down the lie that so many people have in their beautiful heads. That teaching is the, is the paramount thing. Teaching is like, praise God, it broke out in the 70s. Great teaching. Calvary Chapel, different places that began to really teach the word. Line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm all for it. But at the end, whatever you taught, you best demonstrate. And, you, and because you don't see teaching without impartation. You don't see teaching without a release of God's power. You do not see it in Scripture. But we see it all the time in our Western world. Acts 15 talks about them testifying of miracles. All right. So Acts, uh, Acts 15. In Luke, sorry, Corinthians. It was close. First Corinthians chapter 2. We looked at this text. And my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, which is totally different. The popular preaching of today. I mean, I was listening to somebody. I mean, I mean it was just like, Man, grace and eloquence. And I'm just thinking, man, I feel like my tongue's tied in knots at times. And I'm thinking, wow, Lord, can you anoint me to speak? Like the Lord's like, it's about demonstration. It ain't about the words. It's a, please, please don't hear me wrong. Proper teaching, proper words, teaching rightly, all of that's very important. I'm a stickler for it. But just because you can preach and wow people perhaps with your exegesis of a text, if you can't cast out a devil, all you're doing, if you can't release the healing power and you don't, then all we're doing really is, well, the word's going forth. I don't want to make a, uh, a, to a total statement. The word goes forth and it doesn't return void, so it's good. And at least Christ is preached. But Christ needs to be demonstrated. This whole generation does not want to just be sat there and taught. They want to see it. And you know what? It's no different than any other generation. And some look for a sign and still aren't going to obey. But there needs to be demonstration. So the Apostle Paul here is basically defending himself. Context now. The context of 1 Corinthians that Paul is taught, that we're talking about here. Paul is defending himself against a segment of the church that sees man's wisdom as the main thing. That sees uh, man's uh, rhetoric and uh, 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 scholarly communication as the main thing a preacher should be. And I'm going to tell you, it's absolutely, positively not biblical. And he says the same thing. Paul was very well educated, but he wasn't an orator. Apollos was an orator. When Apollos spoke, it was like, whoa. But even in his speaking, they, Priscilla and Aquila had to pull him aside and teach him more accurately. It's not about whether you can communicate with flowery words and, and great vocabulary and wow people. You have a Portuguese accent. Like, can God use you if you have a Portuguese accent? It's about the anointing. It's not about the accent you have. Some of you just have missed it. And I fear that the Western church has missed it. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to miss that. Come on, lift your hands to heaven.
I was talking to two a group of people who were um, really into, uh, you know, they were, they were going to the deep things of God, studying Watchman Nee. Well, that's deep, all right. There ain't no doubt about that. But I fear that they went so deep they drowned. So if I teach you something tonight that's just like, whoa, but that doesn't produce change, and then there's no demonstration. You, you know what you've done. You've, you're like a Gnostic. You know what Gnosticism is? It's, a, it's, a, it's like ga- it's, it's gaining God-likeness through knowledge. And there's, there's Gnosticism all over America. If you could just get smarter, you just learn more. I'm all for learning. I've gone back to finish my degree. Let me say this about that. Me doing that right now is impossible in the natural. Fascinating thing, though. And I've disobeyed for years. I already repented, so don't feel bad. Because I, I, I mean, I, I'm like, I've got like HD ADD. That's high def, high def ADD. And, and I spell words by singing them. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Night. Amen. Saturday. Saturday night. Bay City Rollers. Give me an amen. I have an unusual way that I learn. I used to think I was stupid, but I realized that everybody else is the ones that are challenged. <laughs> my gift, my, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm finally, you know, it's good. I'm 55. I'm, I'm all right with how I am. I mean, I'm going to grow and become more like Jesus. I certainly got shortcomings, but, I, but I'm like, I'm, I used to be down on myself about how hard it is for me to learn or read or whatever. I, I've got a unique, unique gift mix. And you know what? The Lord gave it to me. It's unusual. So I don't want to go back to university and finish my degree because it's torture. And I don't have any time. I'm really busy. But he just says, do it, do it, do it. So I disobeyed for a number of years. But I got some faith. And so I've gone ahead and I have a full load of classes. Now, how how are you able to do that in pastor? It's a fascinating thing, Pastor Kirsten. You know what happened? They made me take one of these stupid classes. It wasn't so stupid. And it was on time management. And so I analyzed my entire life. And I thought, there's a lot of extra time. You know, that maybe I'm coasting or swiping or chilling or relaxing or scrolling. Scrolling, Pastor Kirsten. Squirreling. Squirrel! (laughs) I analyzed my life and I thought, I have whole blocks of time here, whole blocks of time here, whole blocks of time here. I scratched all the periphery and I I do it in those blocks of time. Now, let me just tell you, I don't have a lot of extra time now, but I sure had a lot that I didn't know I had. And I've sat down and I've begun, you know, talk to me in six weeks. I'm in like week three. <laughs> you have time what you, you have time what you prioritize. What's important to you, you have time for. Come on, if you, if you had a broken pipe in your house and you needed it fixed, You'd make time. You say, oh, I got to go to work. Yeah, you go to work and you're going you're gonna to get on the phone. You're going to do whatever you got to do. You're going to call your aunt. You're going to get the pipe fixed because you're going to turn the water off. You got to do what you got to do. You have time for what you prioritize. 
And I want to tell you that we've got to move to a place of a priority of prayer and move to an understanding that the kingdom of God is within us and that you are qualified by the blood of Jesus to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You're qualified to be used by God to change your world, change the community. Don't dismiss it and say it's for Apostle Bubba. Apostle Paul defines his ministry based on the demonstration of the Spirit of God. If you were to define your walk with Jesus, could you define it based upon the demonstration of the Spirit, yes or no? See, you're kind of feeling rebuked right now. Yeah, I know. Welcome to Kings. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4.18. Some of you have become arrogant. We, we read verse 20, but we'll take it from verse 18. Some of you become arrogant as if I were not coming to you. But I will come to you very soon. The Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. That, it's like he's talking, it's trash talking right there. He's trash talking. He's like, oh, you, you think I'm not a real preacher? Because you can preach, you speak really flowery words, and my, my writing's not good, or maybe my, my vision's not so good. I'm coming to see what kind of power you got. If, if, if God was to come to analyze your life, if he, if he was to send a gift analyzer to your life, where would you be? I'm not trying to bring shame on you. I'm trying to awaken you to the reality that Jesus lives on the inside of you. You can do it. Come on, say, I can do it. In fact, the Bible says, I can do all things through Yes, you can. Come on, somebody say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. With Jesus' help, you can. You can cast out devils. You're supposed to. You're supposed to lay hands on the sick. So his opponents are arrogant, and he says, when I come, we'll see what power you got. Power you got. And the kingdom of God is not a, of talk or or, or, uh, not a matter of talk speech. It's a matter of power. That's what the Bible says. All right, let me give you, I think it's five keys to the supernatural. Five keys, write these things down, five keys. Number one, don't allow for a separation in your mind between secular and sacred. Do not allow for your mind to have a partition of church and outside of church. I heard one preacher say very offensively, so don't blame me, but if your gifts only work on Sunday, I wonder about your gifts. Don't have, a, don't have a separation in your mind. It's a stronghold to say that this is your spiritual life, but this is my secular life. So in your prayer closet, you're this way, but then you get out of your prayer closet, you're faced with a demon, you're faced with a mountain, you're faced with an impossibility, and you shrink back and you back off. I think I shared in this recent... recent uh, Arctic hurricane, there came a moment for me as the leader of this church and the region here in Alaska and all those that are under our region and group, during that time, I had a, a demonic heaviness come on me at that storm. 
And it was when I discovered that we have lost the building and everything was frozen and all hope in the natural was gone, as was declared to me through somebody who knows 10 times as much as I do, not Wally. Not that Wally doesn't know 10 times as much as I do. It wasn't him. It was another trade tell, a trade tell me, oh, yeah, no, you're sober. I said, no, it's not. He said, well, yeah, it is. And, and I, I, I said, no, in Jesus' name, my conversation's over. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to spend time with somebody who's going who's gonna to rain on my parade. I'm not going to spend time with the storm clouds and the naysayers. He was well-meaning. I'm understanding the natural it was over. I understand the natural. We're, you know, we're doomed in the natural. How many of you know we're all dead in the natural? The devil could kill you, he would have. Man, hear that. The devil could kill you, he would have already done it. We well, can't touch me, and he can't touch you, and he can't touch those who are under the blood. Now, if you got a, if you got a couple things outside the kingdom, he can lop that off, perhaps. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, fully submit. And I walked away, and as I got home, I was three-something in the morning. I got home, and all I could do is put my hands on my knees and just be like, oh, God. Oh, God. I mean, it was like a demonic elephant sat on me. So I prayed in the Spirit, which is the key to the supernatural also. I prayed in the Spirit. I got peace. I went to bed and God gave me a strategy. And out of that strategy, without telling you the whole thing, there was a moment for me, and it comes for every single believer, there's a moment for me at that time where I could embrace the report of the natural, where I could say, absolutely no. No, no, no. God is able. God can do it. If he can raise the dead, he can thaw pipes. He can do it all. And I just lost my mind in a declaration. I've got filled with faith and everything began to turn and it's still turning. We saw all kinds of breakthrough. Don't, don't, the, the, the challenge you're going through right now, listen to what I'm about to say to you. The challenge that you face right now is an opportunity to put God's kingdom on display for all who know you. And when the breakthrough comes, you give credit to God. Don't put a partition in your mind to say, well, that's my church life and this is my impossible mountain that I face. Incurable, no such thing. You don't see it in scripture. Somebody said to me, that's emotionalism. Oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> I just don't want to be all emotional. Maybe you've never been touched by God. Do you know God's, God has emotions? I know there is emotionalism. I've been in services where it's been like that. Not here. I've seen people that have got all emotional with no... Listen, when God... I was emotional tonight. I got so touched. You know what touched me tonight, Pastor Kirsten? I came back here to feel that incredible unction of the Spirit of God on this house and to see your beautiful faces. It was too much for me to handle. I was gone too long. I'm like, oh, oh God, who am I and who are we that you would do this thing here? Oh, I know what lies within me apart from you. And oh God, you've been so kind to me and I began to weep. I'm so blessed to be home and to see your shining faces. I'm gonna preach till 9.30. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Gonna watch those ribs. I'm not gonna preach to 9.30. I gotta hurry up. I just looked at the clock. <laughs> the church grew in the first three decades of, 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 the, of the early church by signs and wonders. And I'm gonna tell you something. That is not a part of church growth techniques right now. 
It's good leadership teaching. It's all kinds of stuff. You know something? I'm going to have all of that, but I'm not going to deny the signs and wonders. We will see signs, wonders, and miracles. Come on, say it. We will see signs because anything else is unbiblical. The church grew for the, I said three decades, three centuries, pardon me. For three, for three centuries, the church grew through signs, wonders, and miracles. How do you think it's supposed to grow now? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Faith in him releases miracles. We'll preach on that in the coming weeks. Prayer, verse 13, creates an atmosphere of miracles. First, uh, pardon me, John 14, verse 13. Listen to this. And whatever, oh, let me start from verse 12. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, or surely. Is there a surely here? Okay. Verily, verily, I tell you, whoever believes in me and will do the works that I have been doing. What, what did he do? He cast out the sick. He set the captive. He cast out the sick. He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He set the captives free. Okay. They will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And verse 13 of John 14, and I will do whatever. Someone say whatever. Whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So he wants to do the things you read in Scripture if you ask. Prayer creates the atmosphere for release of God's kingdom. And if you don't have a prayer life, you best get one. Prayer. Be obedient, verse 15 of John 14 says, if you love me, keep my commands. Well, that's pretty simple. Fully submit to go back to Pastor Gill's teaching. Keep my commands. Somebody say, I love, I love the Lord. Our family loves God. What are you talking about? You get drunk every Friday night. You smoke, un, I mean, you smoke bales of dope. I said a bale. Get so inebriated, you're, you're a mean, angry cuss, and you say you love God? No, if you, come on, come on, shake that off. Some of you just got rebuked for your pot smoking, and you should be rebuked. Don't be inebriated. Don't be drunk. No, whether it be wine or dope, don't be inebriated. Don't be intoxicated by anything. You can be intoxicated by money. You can be intoxicated by anything. He, he says that anything's possible when we pray. He, he, come on, somebody say amen. amen. That, the, that the, you may ask me for anything and I will do it. What will he do? He'll do it, whatever it is. Be obedient. Know and be filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 16. All right, number two, that's all sub-point under, under number one, but number two or B, contend, fight for signs and wonders. Come on, somebody say fight for it. Number three or C, be open to let God using you. Be open. He said, well, I, I don't, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't want to make a scene. I, I'm glad that you don't want to make a scene. Let God use you whatever personality you have and see the command that God is giving. You're the only Jesus some people will ever see. I said, you're the only Jesus some people will ever see. I pray when you see someone sick that you're so moved to pray that you can't help yourself. You look for an opportunity. And we need to be respectful of people's time. We need to be respectful of people working and different things like that. But pray and ask God, God, give me a shot where I could 
see your power on display. Not for you, not so you can come and say, I've got power. No. So that people get healed and they find Jesus. You know, they, they put their trust in Jesus because they the, the signs and wonders and miracles, it must be God. He must be the risen Savior. Lazarus, he stinketh. And then he came out and he lives. I've told you, Mary, that I'm the resurrection and the life. He's the resurrection and the life. Don't insulate yourself. Don't create lofty theological platitudes that you live in so that you can wow people about how much you know. You don't know that much. In fact, the more I learn, the more I've discovered is how little I know. Should we stop learning? No, learn. But by all means, put some traction on the road. Use that to change your life. Take hold of God's word and to change your community. Be open to let God use you. And then lastly, keep in mind that the purposes of miracles is for Jesus to be glorified. How would it be? How would it be on, on, on that, that day when Jesus rode in on Palm Sunday and they laid palms and they're all worshiping? How would it be if the donkey that Jesus was riding on be like, that's right, I'm just here for a couple nights. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, oh. We're the donkey that Jesus rides on. Let me go over here. I'm not feeling love in this section. We're all, it's going to use the King James, but we'll just wipe out a whole bunch of people. We're all like the donkey, except, you know, I'm emphasizing. I mean, it lives on the inside of us for certain. We're more than a donkey. Come on, you're more than a whale. Hello, hello, babies matter more than whales. Do we take care of the whales? Yes, be, take, care of the, take care of the world, yes. But don't kill babies. You're different. You're made in God's image. You're saved by faith. You're filled with his spirit. He lives on the inside of you. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Who am I? You're a child of the king, aren't you? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you.